Yeah. We, look, we look fabulous. Five <laughs> amazing. Live. We are yeah. live. We're live. We're live. Yeah, we're live. Isn't this great? I know. And thank you. And for anyone who's listening out there, this is Jacqueline Mejias Fuertes, the regional director of the Small Business Development Center at Brookdale Com Community College. Excuse me. <laughs> Coming to you live. We're on Facebook Live, but we are doing our monthly podcast, Talk of Success. And I am honored to have one. I want. I do call him my friend. He yep. is a colleague. We're buddies. We're buddies. Yeah, yeah. I, I am prescribing today. No, no, no. I know. Thank you yeah, for putting yeah. on a shirt. Yeah. And Ryan Silvestri. Uh, he's also one of our senior consultants with the SBDC, but he's yeah. also a serial entrepreneur. And for some of you who may not be familiar with our podcast, Talk of Success, our podcast, the purpose behind it is to provide entrepreneurs and small business owners with insight, empowerment, motivation, and education to assist them with their entrepreneurial journey. And because of everything that we're going through right now, you know, we had to, and when I say we, I'm talking my center, my team, and we had to take a moment and pause and say, okay, what are we gonna do with the Talk of Success podcast? And for me, the Talk of Success podcast is still about bringing you information and saying, okay, how else can A, we assist you, but more so, how do you, how can you assist yourself? And by still bringing on our special guests that are gonna provide some incredible information on how you could continue to move forward despite everything that's going on, because I keep on hearing this is the new normal. And to be honest with you, I don't know what normal is right now. I just know that, I don't know, since October 13th, um, I've been in quarantine. Yes, I get to step out, you know, and go for my walks. But since then, our institution, our host institution, Brookdale, has been closed. So for us, we've been operating differently. We're still providing our services. Yes, most of our services are for the small business community right now that are being impacted by COVID. But on average, our services is about educating the individual who wants to start a small business or who is operating a small business and is looking to take it to the next level. So for us, you know, the podcast, I really had to step back and say, because I think about it and I said, I don't want to be insensitive because I would be enraged if someone is telling me, you want me to do what? I have no mm -hmm. money right now. And you yeah, want yeah. me to do yeah. what with my business? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just taking that in and because Ryan and I have been on so many Zoom conferences, so many webinars, and we've been sharing so much information that we actually receive to disseminate within our business uh, communities to make sure that the small businesses are receiving the right information. I asked Ryan to come and speak because there were some areas that Ryan and I said, mm -hmm. you know what, this is what we have to start doing in order to look forward and to move forward, to help our small businesses move forward. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know that that financial component is, is a concern, mm -hmm. you know, but beyond that, there's other things that you can be doing right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that this podcast is going to help you start to engage in that, even if it's to start thinking about it a little bit, mm -hmm. to kind of take your mind off the other things that may be causing you some anxiety and helping you become a little more productive. Mm -hmm. So again, our focus, you know, it's really about having a conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was talking with Ryan yesterday, I said, oh, I have some great questions that mm -hmm. I want to mm -hmm. ask you based on, you know, easy questions, his bio. Easy yeah, yeah, of course, always easy. Um, <laughs> based on the bio that I have received from Ryan, because I do know how um, Ryan has a really diverse background, a financial background, which um, kudos to him, because to me, my specialty is marketing. So having someone with a financial background really is great. I understand and I know the importance of financing when it comes to running a business, because if the finances are not there, Neither is your business for that matter, but learning more about what Ryan does outside of SBDC, I think that really piqued my interest and why he does it was truly, truly amazing. So a little bit more about Ryan Silvestri. And oh I always, 
I do let my guest and Ryan, as you can see, he's on the other side there of the screen. I do let Ryan do some talking for himself. So I want you to introduce yourself, Ryan. I know I have your bio and I am going to touch on points of in your bio okay. because I think you've gone through so many different challenges mm -hmm. in your businesses because you've had several businesses talk about a serial entrepreneur mm -hmm. you know but i think it's great and one of the things in our conversation that came up was is why you do it mm -hmm. you know um and i'm yeah. just gonna put it out there when ryan and i were mm -hmm. talking he was like i never i don't do this for the money you know, and that's a huge piece because some of us, and it's okay to do it for the money, but some of us do it for the love that we have, a passion that mm -hmm. we have for a particular project yep, or a particular yep. industry and how we want that industry to flourish. Mm -hmm. So with that, I'm turning it over to my mm -hmm. guest, Brian Silvestri, which is a senior mm -hmm. consultant at the NJCU SBDC. Correct, for Hudson so, County for Hudson County. So he's up north, you know, but he does like coming down to the shore because I know oh, Ryan. Ryan I'm a sister, I'm a yeah, heart. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> Ryan does serve. So he does come down and enjoy, especially at the mm -hmm. LBI. So he comes down um, that far. So yep, yep. Ryan, I'm turning it over to you. Tell us a little <laughs> bit more about you. I know I have your bio and I'm okay. going to dive in into okay. an aspect, but mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ryan. Well, I think uh, like a lot of us, we have a lot of different parts to who we are. And uh, usually when I go to a networking event, people say, you know, what do you do? My normal response is, well, what do you need? You know, because, uh, you know, we all have some some part in the in the background. So I always try to listen more than talk because uh, one of the key tactics I think are very important in uh, even while well, it's selling yourself or selling a product is nobody likes to be sold, but we all love to buy. And with that in mind, I always listen for the opportunity as to where I can add some value because I don't know if I'm pitching them services of SBDC where they really might need a product from some from another, another part of my life. Uh, but in a nutshell, uh, my basic introduction is uh, is along the lines of uh, start off with my academics. You know, I have a couple of degrees in finance and economics, uh, and then I went straight out of graduation to Wall Street. I worked for Morgan Stanley as an investment banker. Uh, well, well, while I was in college, I was working, which was important to my professional development, for a small business broker. And there's actually where I got more education, more real world uh, education on on what the value is of a business. Uh, how to monetize that and how to then uh, secure a debt for that business. And it was because of the success I had there that opened the doors to an opportunity on Wall Street. You know, I got called by a headhunter and they said, hey, I want you to come by for an interview. And when I showed up for the interview, uh, it was a very sweet and sour interview. You know, the, I remember very clearly where the guy uh, interviewing me said, uh, you know, you're too young for this position. You don't have the, the background for this position, uh, you know, academic or, uh, or professional. But there's something about you I like. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna create a position for you, and which is the offer that I got back. And then I went from an associate investment banker ultimately to a senior or a VP investment banker. By the time I uh, the economic uh, I guess uh, you know crash happened 2009, and uh, most of Wall Street was was left out in the cold. Uh, so that, that's that's in a nutshell my experience. Now, um, from a small business perspective, when I was with um, the small business broker, I was doing loans and helping businesses be sold and bought. Um, the formulas that I used and the logic that I used there and that I learned through there was the same exact thing that I did when I was a bank when I was at Morgan Stanley. The only difference is we added a few extra zeros to the end of the formula. Uh, you know, the some of some of the justification or some of the uh, I don't know, uh, you know, modeling formulas that we did were a little bit more more developed, but essentially at the core it was still the same thing. It was kind of, you know, in fact down to the same. So I used the information from both sides uh, to then open up uh, my own little doors of opportunities on my side. And I think that stemmed from the fact that I grew up in a family where nobody had a job. There was nobody in my family. No, there was not one uncle. There was not, you know, my parents. No, there was nobody in my family that ever had a job. Everybody had their own businesses. So it wasn't until I got to high school that I realized, you know, that jobs are even a, a thing. You know, I just assumed, you know, that, you know, you open up and you, op you know, you, you grow up and you open up your own little store, you know. And, so uh, yeah. Assume you were born into business for yourself, regardless. I, I I had to, you know. So, and I remember it came to me as uh, I was uh, hanging out with a friend of mine at a barbecue, and he said, "Ryan, Ryan, you know, why are you working on Wall Street? You know, you come from a family of entrepreneurs. Work for yourself." And it was that comment that I never forgot that it really hit home. And I'm like, "Wow, I'm a sellout to my family because everybody in my family has their own businesses, and I'm here working for somebody else." So then I uh, during the um, the financial crisis 2009, and everybody got laid off. 
I got a nice little service package and then I used some of that proceeds to open up some larger businesses. I had already opened up some small little side hustles. Um, you know, for example, I, I, one of the first ones that I'm uh, opened up was film finance. Uh, you know, one of my specialties that I was able to carve out, you always have to have a distinguishing or a, uh, you know, a differentiating factor. And when I was working with a business broker, everybody was focused on loans for the traditional type business or loans for commercial real estate, which is pretty systematic, you know, you know, uh, come up with this formula, you know, if the ratio is here, then the loan is here, you know, so I had to do something that that really gave me, uh, I guess, more opportunity to shine and not have so much competition, which was, um, you know, the more untraditional financing. And then within that world, I, I gravitated towards film finance, which was my first company that I started on, this, on the side. So I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can say it, but the, one of the first films that I financed was um, a movie with C uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. called uh, oh. Shadow Boxer. So I, I financed that back, I would say 2000 and uh, I don't know, maybe two or three. The film didn't debut for a few years later because obviously, you know, within the world of film, you know, you have, you know, after the money's secured, <laughs> so, then you have to go back and rewrite and reshoot and, you know, re-edit. And so it was like two years later, the movie actually came out. But that was one of the first projects that I helped. I didn't do the entire financing for the entire movie, but I did do a carve out, a portion that was necessary in order to get the movie to production. And that's actually what opened the door to, I'm like, all right, well, I've, I did it a few couple, you know, a couple of times, and I have a couple of dollars, and let me do it for myself. Okay. And that's why that's, that's that was my little film finance. That's pretty. Side. I have to say that's pretty awesome. Think um, going into a business that because I always think of when as an entrepreneur, what business would I go back into, knowing that mm -hmm. I had a business in the past, and I always think of economic resistance, and I'm like, how many businesses can fare or weather an economic downturn? And mm -hmm. I mean that. I think about what's happening right now and, you know, only certain businesses, depending on what they do, and we're going to discuss that a little later, mm -hmm. are the ones that are going to be able to fare through this at all. Mm -hmm. But in doing that, you know, going out and saying, okay, I went from, uh, I would imagine, a good salary paying job, mm -hmm. um, you know, and now, you know, you're running your own businesses. What did you have to give up? Because, I mean, when okay, you're working yeah. for corporate America, mm -hmm. You know, you may work long hours, but mm -hmm. you have a different lifestyle versus mm -hmm. you're running your own yep. businesses. Now what? Exactly. Know, so it's an awesome question. So I I I also like to add a little bit of uh, sometimes personal philosophy to some of the classes that I that I teach and some of the webinars that I host. Um, but I think that we each define success a little bit differently. So success, you know, if I ask some people, you know, what is success? Some people will say, you know, spending time with my mom and dad, with my kids, you know, loved ones. Some people will say finding, you know, uh, spiritual, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, or religious type of uh, success, you know. So, uh, and most people, or not, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people will, uh, will define success by how many toys I have in the backyard. You know, how big is my driveway? How big is my house? How big is my pool? That defines success. So whatever, there's no right or wrong answer. So whatever is the one that defines success for you, that's the one that you go with. Now, for me, um, when I was first on Wall Street, you know, you said, you know, you hit it right in the, on the nail on the head. I went from a large paycheck, you know, and it's the moment the economic, you know, uh, you know, uh, climate, you know, I guess you know, fell apart. Um, I got a nice large check, severance check and I, I was figuring, you know, my, my, my nose was pretty up in the air, you know, like I'm a Wall Street guy, you know, I'm going to go back to Wall Street. You know, that was my mentality. And at the time, the director for the SBDC for Hudson County was an old professor of mine. And she had, uh, I had been working with her for years to help her with some of the more difficult financing jobs. And uh, so she was calling me and she's like, Ron, you don't have a job, come come work for me. My mentality at the time was, I play with dollars, not pennies. You know, and I know it's pretty arrogant, but you know, that, that was, I know it's pretty, yeah, that's not pretty arrogant, but that was my mentality. You know, and I'm like, I, I wanna go back to, uh, to go back to Wall Street to, to make, you know, these, these, you know, these, 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 these huge, you know, paychecks. Um, but I, I, I gave an opportunity to, to her and to the SBDC and I was bit by the bug to the point where if I win the lottery, I would do this still full time, you know, without, without a paycheck. Uh, it's, it's much more rewarding. Uh, there's a feel good component. And then that's where that reward system comes into place so much so that it then reshifted my view on the rest of the things in my life. So, uh, the way I define success is by how much time I spend with family. You know, I don't want a lot of responsibility. I don't want a, a ton of, uh, of, uh, of cash. If it means that I am losing the opportunity to have dinner with my mom or my, you know, friends and family, that, that to me is, is where the success really lies. And when I was on Wall Street, uh, I, I had a big paycheck and I had some nice toys, but I didn't get to play with those toys because I was constantly working. You know, and you only have one chance to be, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. You don't get to be 50 a second time. 
you know, and that was because of that mentality that I, I, I had a huge paradigm shift. And I said, well, let me go back and focus on the things that can create a system because nobody wants a million dollars. Just people want, and I, and I can say that with confidence. I don't think anybody really wants a million dollars because I can't eat a million dollars. I can't wear a million dollars, but I want what a million dollars represents. And what does it represent for you? you know, but no. exactly. <laughs> yeah, to me, it represented the ability to travel and have time, you know, f you know, memories and builds. So then I built businesses and this is what I, what I preach. This is going to be the, 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 one of the, 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 I guess the key notes, I guess the takeaway from today's webinar. Um, I, I, I try to build a business that can be scaled and grow without me being part of it. And I had to know, and I'll go into some of the businesses that I, that I ran that I wasn't a crucial component of. I will never walk into, um, you know, a, a, a Hilton hotel and find the Hilton, you know, family there or, you know, or a Walt uh, or the Walton family at a Walmart. They're running it from a distance, but they're not there putting in, you know, the, the entire family the same amount of hours, you know, that, uh, that the small business people are doing where they're putting 80 hours a week. And some of them are, you know, there, there's, you know, I hear stories, you know, Elon Musk doing those, you know, 60 hours a, a, a week. But for the most part, I want to build a business that can create systematic income where I can go then back and then spend time in the places where I find important. So I, 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 I preach that to everybody who I sit down with who wants to open a business. And I said, I don't see a line item on your financials for a management fee because you are the manager. You want to be able to replace yourself eventually. You know, and until the business can pay a management fee, you know, to replace you, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. And I think that's a, you know, that's a key, you know, a that's key. That's huge though. Yeah. Wow. You know, business versus a hobby. That's yeah. definitely, that is huge when you come to think about it. And I always say a best run business, no matter mm -hmm. who you are, whether you're working for someone else or not, if you're managing a department, it's how well does that department manage without you? That exactly. determines the exactly. kind of that you are or how 100%. effective you are. 100%. You know, if you have to be there um, every single day, day to day, then mm -hmm. there's something wrong with that because I truly yeah. believe that your business can't grow because, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing the day to day. You have to yeah. have the opportunity to step back and kind of brainstorm and figure out how else can I make my business grow? So you got to work yeah. on your business versus in your business, yeah. I you know that little model that's out there, or motto that's out there is key. You know, every time I turn around and I listen to what people have to say. Now, with that yeah. being so, said, I, I do want to add something to that real quickly. Yeah. So, um, the the key defining definition that I use or, or word or phrase is a business owner versus self-employed. You know, I own businesses, but I'm not employed by my businesses. So that, there, there, there's, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of a difference. So I can I walk like away and spend time, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, doing whatever I want to do. Um, and it's not as glorious and as easy uh, as, as I'm making it seem. You know, the, you know, for the first year or two, you, you are putting in 40 plus hours, depending on the type of business that it is. Um, but my goal is to own a business, be a business owner, not to be self-employed. You know, and there's a key, so I can, you know, assign, like, you know, uh, you know, I know Jackie saw you know, the professional bio, but I had a bar where I, there were months where I didn't go back to my bar, but I got a paycheck from that, from that bar every single week. And sometimes my paycheck is, uh, was smaller than people that, that were working there, but I was able to add that paycheck to all the other businesses that I owned. And then collectively, my paycheck was bigger than any, in, any manager at one of those businesses, but I didn't have to be there sacrificing my my time because time is the only thing that you don't get back time is the most valuable thing i have so i need to make sure that I, I give it that value and if i don't give it that value then i think i'm misaligning my plan a little bit that's great explanation i'm telling you so yeah. impressed by you right really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that being said i mean you know great examples that you're providing now with that um in life well in life and in everything we do, there's always failures and there's mistakes. Can mm -hmm. you share some of those oh, with yeah. us? Oh, that yeah. I mean, especially, you know, what we're gonna go into yeah. kind of the second part of the talk yeah. of success <clears throat> but right now, because I do believe that we learn from our failures yep, yep, yep. and acknowledge them. Yep. You can't be afraid of them. Nope, I know nope. um, had someone on your show, cause Ryan does have a show um, and he'll go into it a little bit mm -hmm. later. It's called Mindshare Mondays. I'm yep, yep. saying that right. <laughs> yep, and perfectly. He had a guest, his guest was his Dean from their continuing professional studies department. And he, you know, he hit, for me, he hit home within his conversation and the part about fear, you know, and anxiety, how to deal with it. You know, and we all have it. It's kind of, for me, it's pretty 
keeping it in its rightful place because yep. it is an emotion that we all have, but mm -hmm. we have to understand and put it in its rightful place. So mm -hmm. it doesn't kind of paralyze us and it doesn't prohibit us from moving forward. But going back to my question <laughs> regarding, you know, mistakes, failures, mm -hmm. I know from your bio, I was like, wow, we've had a few, but mm -hmm. that hasn't stopped you, which is the amazing no. part of it. And for some individuals, it's hard for them to understand. You know, I always tell somebody when you fail, what happens? Mm -hmm. And I'm one that I allow myself to have my boohoo moment, as I call it, for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I say, that's not where I'm going to live. I'm going to pick myself up and dust myself off and mm -hmm. I'm going to get going. For some of us, is mm -hmm. you know, it's just that. For others, it's like total devastation. Yeah. But give us, you know, from yeah. your experiences, what lessons have you learned? Which ones yeah. you felt are I love, love, love failures. You know, I love when I fall flat on my face because it's an opportunity to grow. It's like when you work out, you know, your muscles hurt, but because there's little tears inside your muscles and it broke, but now it's able to reheal and become bigger and stronger. And that's the way I, I look at failures. So when you fail, it's an opportunity to, to learn from, from your past mistake. You know, and I think it was Einstein that said, you know, uh, you know, I think the way he defines, uh, I forgot what the right word is. So I, I know people will correct me, but uh, let, let's say, um, uh, I don't know, it was um, you know, that if do, doing the same thing over and not learning is how he defines, um, uh, I forgot what the right word is, but uh, but the, po the point is I have to do something and I learned from it. Okay, so when I was in college and I got the job uh, with a company, which I I'll give the name of the company, it was Capital Lending. It was a mortgage broker, but they they did uh, a lot of business break um, and loans there as well. Um, I learned more from him than I did for my entire time in college. And one of the things that he taught me was get as many no's as you can, get as many rejections as you can, because after 97 no's, you're going to get three yeses. You know, so his, his ratio was, you know, every time you knock on the door, if someone's going to say no, and you should thank them because there's going to be a yes that sat them that much closer after you get an, an another 60 more no's, you're going to get that in that sale. And same thing for my grandfather. So my grandfather's side, you know, he uh, he never passed a third grade educa education. And my grandfather was the first millionaire in the family. Um, and he ended up own owning a couple of buildings in the city and a couple of gas stations in New York City. And um, but he didn't go home until he had uh, visible wares on, you know, like, you know, significant wear on his shoes. And he would tell me all the, all the time that if you don't have holes in your shoes, it's because you're not working hard enough because he would literally walk the doors and knock on doors. So I think at first I was shy, like a lot of high school kids are. They don't have a lot of confidence, you know, going into college, you know, getting a little trying to get a little bit more confidence. But we're still not super comfortable in our skin to really get on stage and talk to a crowd or really knock on the door. So my first fear was getting rejection. My first fear was, uh, you know, failure of, of, you know, a sales pitch or failure of doing something, whatever it happens, it happens to be. And it was the exercise of constantly being rejected through, through cold calling and through, you know, cold knocking on doors that gave me that calluses that I needed in order to be more immune to that fear of failure so much so that I now look for it because now I, 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 I feed off of it. And I know that I'm growing because of that failure. And when I fail with the business, I just let know oh, well, let me not do that again. You know, so one of the first failures, you know, failures that I had um, uh, that, that, that I, I want to talk about was opening what I thought was a cooler business, a bigger business, more visible business, because I had um, done what most people do with real estate. They buy a house, they fix it and flip it. I was doing that for a while with small businesses. I was going to Craigslist. I was looking for a business that had been on Craigslist for you know, you know six months to a year that couldn't be sold. Usually the reason it wouldn't be sold is because the financials didn't justify a loan. So I have a cash, I look for cash businesses where there wasn't a, um, a, a documented cash flow that really justify the business being worth what they're trying to, uh, to, to get for it. And unfortunately you can only um, uh, validate what exists on paper. So even if the business made a million dollars a year, if you didn't report it because it was a cash business, which is a lot of small, you know, mom and pop businesses try to underreport their earnings to not pay as much money in taxes, uh, they short they shortchange themselves because now they can't qualify for a loan to get a uh, you know to grow their business to buy a certain asset to help them out out of, out of a out of, out of a situation like what we're in right now, uh, or in this case to sell the business. So I had businesses that were worth, you know, twenty, forty, hundred thousand dollars that couldn't be sold because their profits said that the business is worthless because it's not earning any any profit. You know, you're buying a business to earn, to earn a profit. So 
I had made made a killing by doing you know cash by buying cash businesses that showed no profit because I was buying it for pennies on the dollar. I would put a business plan together. I would put a marketing plan together. I would do sometimes very little physical improvements to the build to the business, and then I would sell it for two or three times, four times what I bought it for. So I was making a killing doing that. Then I said, it's not cool having a small little barbershop. I want to have a bar because now I can brag to my friends and say that cool bar. That's my bar. You know that that was that was my mentality. Um, <laughs> but but the return on investment, the way I quantified it, wasn't the same. So because the bar is more capital intensive for me to make three times the, you know, my return on my investment from a bar. And if I, and if I was all in at 200,000, I needed to sell it for 800,000 to get the same type of return that I was getting from the other ones. But I couldn't do that. I can easily, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, buy a $5,000 business and sell it for 15,000, but it was hard to buy a business for, for, or build a business for a quarter million and then sell it for a million because so that, that range, you know, which you know, expressed as a, as a percentage, you know, as a you know, a return on investment was a little bit more difficult to do, and and the bar also re represented a more complex business model that I wasn't used to, and I got hit off with a lot of fines and penalties and learning learning uh, mistakes um, through the through the building. You know, so the first time I, everything else was a business that I had bought that had already existed. This time it was a business that had not existed that I built from scratch, and I had I got into problems with um, the zoning. And uh, trying to get the right licenses, trying to get the right permits, and it was a lot more cash intensive than I thought. Uh, so I spent my my budget to open the business was broken easily, you know, within the first couple of weeks, uh, just trying to get it off the ground. And then after it was open, uh, I tried to distance myself the way I did from every other business, but uh, it was a little bit harder to do because the managers that I put in place um, would mess up every once in a while. So I would have you know ABC alcohol beverage control sometimes you know knocking on my door because of a mistake that somebody else did. So I had lawsuits, you know, left and right constantly. It happened at the bar because of fights and stuff like that. That that were all came down back down to me towards the owner, even though I had a manager there. I was the one that had to, you know, you know, sign the checks, and um, it was my name on the line. So my first mistake. I'm sorry. That's your responsibility. Yes, my responsibility. Owner. So my first mistake was trying to, uh, I guess, um, uh, make decisions based on the aesthetics and not on a proven formula. You know, so the grass seemed greener on the other side, and I was a victim to that. And um, so stick to what works, stick, stick to what you know. Warren Buffett says it all, all the time. I buy stocks that I understand what the product is, I understand what the management is, and I understand what the demand is. Even if it's making a ton of money, if I don't understand one of those three components, Warren Buffett doesn't invest, that's what you, you should double down and double down on. So the first thing that we, that we do when we open a business is that self-assessment, because everybody's focused on doing the business assessment you know how how much of an opportunity is buying and fixing houses and flipping houses but if i can't tell the difference between a flathead screwdriver and a phillips you know maybe that's not for me you know let me focus on what i know best so with that self-assessment you know what kind of skill sets do i have you know that that are that, you know that, that are strong that i can capitalize on you know what kind of skill sets do i need to bring somebody else on to complement my the ones that i'm missing and let me see how i can capitalize that so that was my first mistake my first big mistake <laughs> that was huge yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I have to say, and once again, you know, going at something that you're not 100% sure of, not mm -hmm. having the understanding and the expertise. And it's one of the things yeah. that we talk about through the SBDC, even um, during regular times when we are having our sessions and individuals are trying to acquire loans or capital for mm -hmm. their businesses. One of the things that we do cover is what's your expertise behind it? Yep, and you yep. just gave a wonderful example why that's a necessity yep. that you have to understand. Why are you getting into this? What is it that you're bringing to the table in terms of your experience and your yep. expertise that's going to make that business a success? Exactly. So that's uh, major kudos to you on that uh, respect. Now we are going to pivot a little and we are going to come back because always mm -hmm. part of our of success um, within the podcast, we do ask our guests to give us three action items that you would recommend, but I'm going to leave that okay. off to the side just a little bit okay. um, because uh, since you and I have been talking a great deal, especially within the last month or so, Ryan, because of what's been going on with the businesses regarding COVID. And I mean, my heart goes out to the small business community. I know Ryan had said that, I guess, the bug bit him when he came to work for the SBDC. And I share that. I remember when I came in as the assistant director, and this is over 13 years ago, you know, that to me, this 
kind of even justifies my how I'm trying to find the right word here, my purpose. To some extent, this really does help with my purpose. Why am I here? And it's because of how I'm able to be a conduit for businesses, resources, mm -hmm. um, stakeholders, and you know, bringing it all together in order to make it work in our business community. So during these times, we've gone back and forth. I mean, to say the least, we've been a bit overwhelmed with the information that's out there because Friday nights we go, we have our briefing, we go to bed thinking, oh, we have a handle on this. Mm -hmm. We get up Monday morning and the emails come in going, nope, guess what? They changed the rules. Yep. So with that being said, as we were putting out um, Zoom conferences out there and webinars, one of the things that um, Ryan, myself, and some other colleagues started thinking about and saying, you know, what are the three things that we can always tell our clients right now that they should be mm -hmm. doing in terms of preparing themselves? One is you're going through this, and I, for lack of a better term at the moment, the new normal, this mm -hmm. normal that you're going through within your business. What are the things that you should be doing? So we did come up with three main things, which were communication, revisiting your business plan and documentation. But along with that, uh, because I think those are the kind of takeaways, mm -hmm. we did get into a heavy conversation about pivoting. Mm -hmm. And I would like us to go into that pivoting part right now. Mm -hmm. okay, and I right. do want to give a just shout out to shared universe in that aspect, yep, because yep. while we were preparing for this podcast, we were talking to Ming. And I don't know if you want to pop in your face in here, Ming, or not, but if you do, <laughs> it's fine with us. Uh, but there, Ming is coming on. Yes. Hi, Ming. Hey, hi, Ming. <laughs> hi. And the reason being that I said, wow, this was part of the conversation Ryan and I were having yesterday yep. mm -hmm. about businesses pivoting, yep. which yep. has to do with revisiting their business plan. So mm -hmm. for us, I know I'm kind of diving into the middle one, which is revisiting your business plan and mm -hmm. that section that we were talking about, Ryan. Mm -hmm. So why don't we dive into that? What is it that businesses, mm -hmm. from your perspective, which I'm sure I share the same, um, businesses should be doing at this point um, mm -hmm. in what's going on around that. Because I know some of yeah. them have applied for loans, a great yep, yep. deal didn't get them. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, we're still waiting, hopefully, and I'm being optimistic in saying that I do believe that government will sign another round mm -hmm. yep. uh, of um, financial assistance for their businesses. Uh, to make sure that we are able to come back and build our economies from there. So Ryan, I know for you, it was big with revisiting your business plan and because there are different pieces when it comes to that. So when you're sitting at home or you're looking at this mm -hmm. podcast and, or you're listening to this podcast, you know, start thinking, mm -hmm. what should I be doing? I know that I applied for these loans. I don't know if I'm getting it or not, but what else can I be doing regarding my business? And yep. part of it was pivoting. And that's why yep. I shout out to shared universe because mm -hmm. we're on this platform right now yep. because they pivoted. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, Ryan on his talk, Mindshare Monday, had mentioned, you know, as a small business, what is it that you need to do or what is it that you need to have? Mm -hmm. And you need to have speed. You have to have agility and the ability to execute. Exactly. So those when they said that on Mindshare Monday, it resonated with me because it was something that I said, okay, this is something we really want to talk more about when we do our yeah. talk of success on the podcast. So Ryan, going to yep. revisiting your business plan because that also has that business yep. component, that financial component. So let's start with how often do you think someone should be revisiting their business oh, plan? I love this question because this question hasn't been brought up recently. Now. <laughs> Especially now. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, good. It's good. So um, uh, most people think that a business plan is something that I create to kind of almost, I would say, shut somebody else up. You know, hey, hey, Mr. Bank, you know, uh, or Mrs. Bank here is a business plan, give me the money, you know, or here is, you know, my business plan to my, you know, potential investor of my company. Um, a, a business plan, it's the instruction manual to how to run your business. And that instruction manual uh, should be 
a circular formula that every component is affected by every other component, which means that my price gets affected by my market, which gets affected by you know my my delivery system, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So the moment that one of those other components change, it affects the entire system, you know. So for example, if my customer is moving out of New Jersey and moving now towards Florida, I'm you know making something up, you know, well that's changing the the rest of my business plan. So a business plan to answer your question, it's an organic document that gets consistently updated. When I was at Morgan Stanley, every department had to uh, write their 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 assessments of of or their point of view. Uh, that was fed to a uh, to a uh, revisited market plan um, business plan every single quarter. So every quarter we came up with the, you know with a new business plan that was based on the old one, but it was it was a it was a different method or a different product or a different angle. There was always some type of uh, you know uh, effect that that affected the entire plan. So I think bare minimum for small businesses, I don't want to give you guys a lot of work to do, but at least revisit it once a quarter. You know, I, I think that 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 creates a good, um, I don't know, a, a good, um, I don't know, a habit. And we're not talking about writing an entire brand new business plan, but just look it over because sometimes from a different perspective, I can see something and say, hey, well, TikTok is now pretty relevant and TikTok wasn't relevant last year. You know, even though it was around last year, it wasn't maybe as, as relevant for my audience. Or maybe my audience has nothing to do with TikTok. Maybe my audience is more on, on LinkedIn and LinkedIn has some new products. So now I, I can you know, shift my product accordingly. You know, and sometimes it, it goes down to even the way my product looks, you know, my, the way my service looks, you know, the, the aesthetics. Uh, I, I have to make sure that it appeals to wherever my, the consumer buying behavior uh, is dictating that it should look like. So I, I would right. think on a regular basis. And then to answer the other part of your question is a, one of the major advantages that a small business has over a large business is, is those three things that you mentioned, you know, the ability to uh, to to react quickly and execute quickly, you know, uh, and that is a huge competitive advantage that you guys have as a small business owner over the larger business, which in order to make a change has to go through board meetings and, and approvals and, and, you know, and the meetings after meetings about meetings, you know, uh, meanwhile, the small business, they kind of just put a different hat on, look in the mirror and say, yeah, I agree with myself and then go and, and get and get, it, get, the, get, get the job done, you know, so. Uh, so to, to uh, you know, so the kudos to Ming is that you know he has a uh, a business that there were there wasn't a board of directors where he had to pitch an idea that I think we should double down on uh, on doing a uh, you know um, you know uh, more involved and more detailed um, uh, webcast and uh, and services you know along these lines, but he looked at the market and he says, all right, I think this is what should be done. And he did it. You know, you have to be responsive, you know, you have to be quick with it, you know? So I think throwing money at a problem is not the way that you solve a problem. Uh, money is essential. I know, you know, I'm a finance guy. So my, uh, my, uh, my bias is always going to be, um, you know, money oriented. However, I feel that, um, that if the limits of your business are the limits of your creativity and the more creative I can solve a problem with, uh, more creative I can solve a problem with, the higher my limits become, you know, and that's the way I, that I, I try to solve a problem. So uh, although that a lot of businesses I know are, are hurting, I have businesses, you know, I have a gas station in the Bronx and um, and I know my sales are dramatically lower now than they were before. So I had to do other things to kind of, uh, you know, um, you know co compensate for that. You know, one of the things that we're doing is that we're uh, here, here's, you know, trying to think outside the box, you know, um, we're, we're bringing things in from the mechanic shop and we're making home decor items. You know, we're selling it online now. So we're, you know, we have like a little lampshade that's one of the most popular sellers. There's a little lampshade on top of a strut and a, and a gear on the bottom. And it's a little lamp that you can, you know, give, you know, to to a guy who or a girl who likes cars, you know. But the point is that we're trying man to pivot. Cave. Man cave. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for my man cave, you know. So we're building little clocks and stuff like that. So things to keep the mechanics busy that I can keep them, you know, still, uh, you know, earning some income. But the idea is that I was able to react quickly. So I always have to react quickly, you know, as, and as a gas station owner. I look at the uh, prices of the nearby gas stations and uh, that gas station in the Bronx doesn't have a big name like Amoco or actually Amoco's years ago, but uh, BP or Shell. Um, so I have to be always a little bit more, uh, you know, competitively, you know, price than my competition in order to bring in people towards my gas station. So every single day I have to respond with that speed and agility and look at what's the lowest price in the community. Let me undercut that by two or three cents. You know, so I'm responding quickly. So again, it's a speed and agility. And as far as uh, things for uh, for small businesses, I've seen over and over a lot of businesses that are 
um, not only uh, surviving but thriving in this market because they were able to really understand and and respond quickly enough. And so the first step, like you know, uh, Jackie, what you mentioned is communication. Communication is a great opportunity because you have the now the uh, added exposure for branding for, for yourself, out of sight, out of mind. That's you know, it's a major rule that I have in the back of my head. So if you have a great real estate business, but I haven't seen you in a while, you haven't you know uh, text me or I haven't seen an email from you in a while, I'm going to forget about you. In the moment that I have to buy a house or, or move, you're not the person I'm thinking of. So by communicating you know, the, that there, there's something happening, you know, whether it's, uh, and you don't have to sell something, you just have to communicate, give something of value. You know, hey, there, I found a news article on what's ha happening with the housing market, you know, and sending that to your cl uh, clientele. That keeps you insight and in mind, you know, so communication is, is, is crucial. That second part is going to be having meetings with your CPAs, having a meeting with your financial team to revisit, um, again, you know, that, that, that new normal and what kind of, changes do i have to do on my financials in order to pay the mayor the bare minimum bills you know what what do i have to have and what do i want to have you know so the needs versus the wants so that's going to be changing a little bit and what's my new break-even point now so before my minimum you know uh you know monthly income that i need, need to have was over here in order to pay the bills but i i trimmed down some fat so now it's over here so my income requirement just went down a little bit you know economics so it, might, it went down a little bit so my break-even point now is over here um that can then feed over to my business plan. All right. So now how many widgets do I need to sell for my business in order to hit that new break even point? You know, and is that widget still a viable product in this market? You know, and some of it's going to be a, co a collaboration of gut and data, you know, uh, and that, that's where that magical recipe lies, you know, from, you know, from successful entrepreneurs, you know, uh, you know whether how, how, how right I got that mixture. Some people like Steve Jobs once said that uh, he doesn't listen to much data. You know, he's mostly driven by gut. I just don't happen to have the gift that, that Steve Jobs have. So I'm more data driven than I am gut driven. You know, my gut has, you know, sometimes, you know, failed me a few times. Yeah, yeah. So I have a horrible sense of direction. So, you know, so, uh, so, but the, but the point is that we have to, you know, create that mixture. So that, so that last step is revisiting the business plan. And that's going back to what we said, said earlier, which is a reassessment of myself and a reassessment of the market. You know, and then based on those two puzzle pieces, once I came up with the shape, how do they fit together and what opportunity do I see? You know, so if I see that um, there are, for example, here, here's, a, here's a great one that I thought about uh, a few, few days ago. Um, because of the climate that we're in now, a lot of people can't go outside. And if there are, there is also a constraint with food supply. So, um, you know, people having to leave their houses to go to the local supermarket because Amazon or Whole Foods, you know, or, you know, Fresh Direct, you know, is not shipping as often as they, as they were before because of all the bottlenecking. Well, that to me says there's an opportunity there, you know, and especially for those communities that are not in well-developed areas or not, you know, more uh, rural areas, you know, I think that shows an opportunity for a, uh, for a business to have a uh, delivery service for, for, for groceries, you know. That's the type of opportunity that, that, that we're trying to, to look at. And if you are a, an existing business owner, you know, what infrastructure do I have and how else can I repurpose what I, what I have right now? You know, I was on the phone the other day with a, a brewery, a microbrewery, that with some modifications is able to shift to making hand sanitizer, you know, using the existing infrastructure. You know, and there's a lot of examples like that. You know, there's another one, there's a restaurant that I was talking to recently. Restaurants are closed and people are now re relying on uh, either the deliveries for their restaurants. But he, this guy did it a little bit differently. He has a series of restaurants and he made all his restaurants now into factories where uh, along with the, uh, you know, he's a you know, professionally trained chef. He's seen what items, uh, popular items on his menu can be created to his level of, uh, you know, with his stamp of approval that can then be frozen, put inside a um, climate controlled uh, package and then sent out. So now he expanded his market because before he was confined by brick and mortar, by, you know, by time and space. I can only have every seat filled, you know, for every hour of the day. That's his maximum income. Now he broke that ceiling and says, I can sell something at two o'clock in the morning to somebody who lives two hours away. That wouldn't be my customer, you know. So he looked at his existing infrastructure. How else can I reuse and repurpose what I have and uh, and then and continue to not only survive, but thrive, like I said. And that would be the third tactic, which is revisiting your business plan, your business model. Right. So I hope so, that answered the question. It did. Well, you would have. Right. <laughs> no, but right. it's good because we're revisiting mm -hmm. your business model. I know you said quarterly and I would think quarterly would be on a normal basis, but because of what we're in right now, mm -hmm. I highly recommend that 
every business owner should be revisiting their business. Well, yeah, um, right now. Looking at their financials, yeah. uh, take into account what Ryan said, you know, look at your business model. Is it still working? You know, mm -hmm. do you have to reinvent your business? Then if so, how take what you yeah. have to account. It's mm -hmm. like make lemon, you know, make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. So what that you have you don't have to go out and start from scratch you know there's yeah. things that you can do also look at your market what yeah. are the needs <clears throat> of your current market your customers huh? you know have you done the whole communication part making sure not just yeah. when i think of customers i always think of internal and external customers there's a lot going on with your employees yeah. some of them are ex-employees some of them are the employment yeah. line basically those that you want to keep, those that are best fit for your organization, are you staying in touch with them? You know, for me, I I value the networks and the organizations that I work with, uh, Brookdale Community College uh, and JSBDC, the New Jersey Small Business Development Center Networks. You know, my own team at Brookdale, and, you know, I am concerned for our health, for our well-being, you know, mindset, everything. You know, Ryan said it at the beginning, um, and I say, was it you or was it, did we have another conversation? I think I have another. <laughs> yeah, we have so many conversations, yeah, yeah. I think they're rolling into one yeah. but you know it's all about um the whole money mind body and spirit situation mm -hmm. making sure that we are operating as best as we possibly can mm -hmm. but yesterday while we were talking ryan um there's a question that came up and i said yeah i'm putting this question out there for you ryan and it's what is the difference between the mindset of an entrepreneur from last year versus oh, this yep, year yep. Okay. So if you can provide us with an answer for that, because yeah. to me, that's huge. And, yeah. and this applies to all yep, yep. Not entrepreneurs. If you don't see yourself as mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, but maybe mm -hmm. a small business owner, yep. this will apply to you. So Ryan, share your response. <laughs> so I think, so let's take a step back, I think, and okay. define entrepreneur. So, or look at the origin of the word entrepreneur, you know, um back a couple hundred years you know you know <laughs> yeah, and um it's it, it's uh it, it means undertake or the origin is french and as uh it means undertake you know so to 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 take action to to do something so an entrepreneur should be taking action consistently and i think the mindset of the entrepreneur has not changed but the road that the entrepreneur on is what's being changed okay so if i'm a good driver regardless of where I am, I'm going to be able to minimize my accidents and increase my, you know, my, my efficiency of, of getting to where my destination is. I can drive across the country and each state represents a different economic climate. You know, and if I'm a good driver, I'll make it to California. If I'm driving from New Jersey, you know, uh, regardless of if it was really rural, really urban, you know, very congested, very, you know, lot, you know, whatever the climate is, and this is just another one of those climates. That's all it is. So a business is constantly adjusting to whatever the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the take is, you know, so years ago, if I were to tell, uh, you know, I don't know, Cadillac that they would advertise on Snapchat, they would laugh, you know, well, we know that Cadillac is advertising on Snapchat now. Why? Because that's where the market is, you know, so things are always changing. You know, if, uh, you know, same thing, if I were to tell Cadillac, you know, back in the 1960s, you know, that they would do, you know, little sports cars and they would have a racing team. People would laugh, you know, our cars are big boats, land yachts, you know, but today they make small little sporty sports cars as well as their, you know, their big land yachts too. So the markets are always changing. Your product, you know, changes your, you know, things evolve. And there's companies and you guys can, can Google it. There are companies that have lasted, you know, a hundred years and, and more because they understand how quickly and how important it is to constantly take action to whatever the market condition is. You know, and, uh, you know, some some don't do it and end up like Blockbuster, you know, like oh, streaming. That's never going to be a thing, you know. And, right. uh, you know, oh, yeah, we, we don't need to send you uh, a DVD in the mail. You know, people come to us. That, that's how the Blockbuster model it is. And when you're not when you're too rigid, just like just like uh, a stick that's too rigid, it breaks, you know. And if you have a little bit of flexibility, you're going to weather all storms, you know. And you're going to be able to to look around and uh, and and still be around. So my first uh, job was, uh, you know, again, because it's got a lot of thanks. You know, Carlos Fontaine. I don't know if you ever if you going to watch this or not, but you know, thank you. I never got a chance to thank him, but <laughs> he's the one who taught me a lot of this stuff. And he thrived during the uh, real estate, uh, you know, the first uh, sub uh, sub market um, um, uh, market correction, where 
a lot of real estate companies were closing you know, the doors, whether they were on the, on, the, on the sales side or on the mortgage side. And he was thriving because he had a solid business model that was constantly adapting to whatever the market needed. One of the things that he did is that he really went after that, that Spanish community. You know, and, and brought a lot of resources because in his backyard, that was the cultural significance. So what's the cultural significance, you know, you know, and how can I relate and how can I connect to my audience? And that's one of the things that that uh, that, uh, that that we're doing. So I don't think there is a difference. I know that this is a a, uh, you know, and, and I definitely don't dismiss the, the severity and the importance of what's going on today. Um, you know, this is the first time you know, that they, a large scale global pandemic, you know, to, to the scale of where it's at. Uh, the SBA has never dealt with as many uh, applications as as they are dealing with now. You know, I think I heard something that within the first couple of weeks they dealt with more applications than they had in a couple of years. Um, so I don't dismiss that at, at, at all. But I think that the mindset, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset has not changed, and how I can weather the storm is going to uh, to to be dictated by that entrepreneurial mindset. How how long will I stay on the ground after I get knocked down? You know, and to quote the great philosopher Rocky Balboa, you know that the, uh, the the strength of a person is not measured by how hard they can take, they can punch, by how but how quickly they stand back up after they get knocked down. You know, and I think that that is what defines a real entrepreneur because every entrepreneur has failed, but do you stand back up? That's the question. Wonderful answer, nice one, Ryan. Yeah. Nice comeback. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to go back to the segment where I do ask, you know, what are the three action items that you're going to recommend and why? I mean, I know that I picked up on a few. Um, one for me is always adaptability. Mm -hmm. That how well do you adapt regardless of you know what's going on? and make your business flexible and fluid mm. to me it's a way that and that's me so if i'm taking mm. one from you oh well ryan you got to come up with another <laughs> one. i'm just letting you know yeah. that for me that's pretty huge because going mm. back to when you know past disasters that i've had to work through with the small business community it all had to do about adaptability and the mindset mm. definitely the mindset plays a role in it so Give us your three, because that was mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we kind of went over the, uh, you know, the the three basic a, action items. So, so the basic action item. I'm sorry. No, no, I said so. Go ahead. What would you recommend? I know we went over quite a few things, not just yeah, you, yeah. Ryan. All right. So, so in, in the mindset, in the mindset, the person always has to have uh, the speed, the agility, and the execution. But the action items are a little bit different. So, those three action items are going to be uh, communication. You know, this is a great opportunity again to is, is an excuse to communicate with your employees and also with your market, you know, to uh, to put a word out there. This is what I'm doing as a response to this. That can be a value to you. Again, remember, don't sell. Like I said before, people don't like to be sold, but we all love to buy. So but this is a nice opportunity to say, hey, this is something of value. I'm not selling. I'm just sharing something with you you know, to communicate. And the other part that we can also use with the communication is this is how I am protecting you and our employees in this environment. So it makes people feel a little bit more, um, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word would be, but uh, loyal, you know, to, to you based on how you're protecting their best interest and their employees' best interest. Uh, that's, that's the communication, the first one. The second part is um, revisiting your financial plan you know, both personal and business, but we started with the personal side. So this is a time when you could talk to your CPA, you know, your accountants, if you do your own books, just, just look at it again for a second time. And uh, it's a great time to, uh, to look at um, what can I, what, what kind of fat can I trim off my financials in order to ride and weather the storm. And the last one is going to be revisiting that business plan, you know, revisiting that, that business model. And I, it doesn't have to, I don't like to scare people off when I say business plan, because people sometimes visualize a 50 page, you know, call, you know, uh, you know, college thesis type paper, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, uh, so if you Google Groupon's first business plan, you know, you'll see it was drawn on a napkin with some, you know, with some, uh, you know, with a little, little pencil. So there's different versions of a business plan, you know, but the idea is getting a perspective on what my core product is and then looking at what kind of what services can i offer so here make a list you know the services can i offer or am i already offering you know let's look at the market and what's happening in my background you know and what's a necessity versus a want you know especially if, in my background and here so this is a nice little tidbit um in the next couple of days uh census is going, going to be launching a new product which is uh live streaming uh, some information for COVID affected communities. So you can go into your, into your county, into your town, zip code, census track, and see what, 
how has my community been affected by COVID? And if the response is pretty 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 bad, you know, uh, especially on, for those uh, rural communities that don't have as many businesses and as many uh, you know customers in in a, in a geography, um, the opportunities might be uh, might be well not might will be different, but opportunities will still exist. And so I have to see where is where is that opportunity compared to what I can what I can provide. So if they're if they're if they're hurting financially, you know. Everything that's a luxury is going to take a backseat to everything that's a necessity, you know. Um, and, or what? What else can I reinvent? Where Where is the connection, you know, between the two the two pieces? So uh, I know if you contact uh, any of the SPDCs near you, uh, you know, we'll be able to help you walk through, uh, you know, uh, some of these databases to get the data so you can make some some of this information. But the idea, the bottom line, is reconnecting a new product to what I already have and have access to, and seeing where the connection is. So that's where that last action item is. And again, I have buddies of mine that are all entrepreneurs and a lot of them have to have reinvented themselves completely, even though they've been in business for five or 10 years, they're still in business now, but with a brand new product, using their existing infrastructure because they did that self-assessment and that market assessment and they connected the dots and then go validate with some data. And if everything makes sense, then you move forward with that product. Excellent advice, yeah. Ryan. That's yeah. you hit the nail on the head there, especially during yeah. trying times right now. Uh, definitely, we do have to pivot to some extent. Mm -hmm. We have to see what is it that we have, what is it that the business or your market or your industry mm -hmm. needs at this particular time in order to see how your business can adapt to provide those services or those products that are needed at this time. Yep. So um, with that, um, I'm looking at the time. We're going to be wrapping it up, though. It's been a wonderful time. But before we mm -hmm. go there, there's always things that I do like to inform you and remind you that, A, the New Jersey Small Business Development Center Network, uh, it is 12 centers strategically located throughout the state of New Jersey, and we're here to help. So for information regarding resources that either we're providing through the NJSBDC or that we could connect you to uh, on your screen. You do have njsbdc.com, which is our main headquarters website slash COVID-19. And by clicking on that, you can re obtain all the information you need, whether you're looking for information regarding any loan opportunities, mm -hmm. any grant opportunities that may be coming up, both public and private, uh, along with that, anything that has to do with the Department of Labor, because what we're going through right now is unprecedented. So it's not something we've done, we've gone through in the past. So, you know, we're going through it and we're trying to make the best we're trying to create the best possible outcomes knowing that yes we will go through this and there is a light at the end of the tunnel how we make it is going to be key but along with some of those programs i do want ryan to talk to you a little bit about his mindshare monday i did mm -hmm. okay. some twister for yep, me yep, yep, no, it is sometimes i I even, I even get it confused sometimes, you know, but it's my share Mondays. Um, so I practice what I preach, not only on a personal side with the businesses that I have, you know, uh, doing all those three items that I just mentioned, um, but with the SPDC as well, you know, so being aware of your community. So one of the things that we do is we use uh, census and along and a few other databases. So here's a great database if you guys haven't used it already, but you Google just CBB and make sure you write the word census before or after it. And it should take you to a website from the census called the Census Business Builder. And from there, you can pull a lot of you know, great data as to who's in your backyard. Uh, and that way you can start to use uh, some, you know, some educated guesses as to what product might best fit. So one of the things that we do is on a regular basis, we know we look at who's in our backyard as an SPDC office and see the importance of, uh, of maybe catering to that community in some way or shape or form. So one of the things that we're doing is that we just noticed there was a, there was a massive increase in the amount of people that, that only speak Spanish in Hudson County. So now, uh, Jackie, you don't know this, but we're, I guess, you know, this is the first time that's going to be mentioned outside of our office, but we are now planning to do My Share Mondays also in Spanish. Oh, you know? excellent. Why? Because now we're going to be able to cater to the community, to the entrepreneurs that have come here and speak English, maybe as a second language, don't have a solid command of it. And they really want to hear this information in Spanish. So we're catering to that community. So we're taking a little bit of a shift and a little bit of a pivot again, okay. the same thing. 
Uh, but in, uh, in a nutshell, Mindshare Mondays is, is just the same thing that we're doing here, which is we're sharing what's on our mind, you know, that might be relative and beneficial to the small business community. And, you know, same thing that we're doing here, we bring in different guests and see, you know, what kind of value can they add to the general public that they can take with an action item and go back and do this to their business, so, you know, to hopefully have a happier ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's great. So, um, like I said, we are winding down for time. Yep. And uh, I just, and I said I would not be going um anymore on Talk Up Success, and I just did, but that's why. I do, <laughs> do want to thank Ryan Silvestri for being on with mm -hmm. us today, for sharing his insight, um, his expertise, and his knowledge on trying to help anyone who's listening, who's a small mm -hmm. business owner or an entrepreneur, as to how is it that they could take their business to the next level, whatever that may be, especially coming through the whole COVID disaster. I don't know what else, how else to refer to it, uh, you know, and understanding that success, as Ryan put it, because that's why we use the word talk of success. Success is a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. And what success is to you is different to me as it is mm -hmm. different to Ryan. And think about that as you are, and I hope you do take it into account, um, some of the recommendations that Ryan gave, especially with revisiting your business plan, mm -hmm. you know, do the realistic accounting, making those hard decisions of what, you can't do and you can't do what has to be stripped away for now, but looking at what you have, reinventing yourself, I really hope you take that into account so you could continue on your road to success. This is a huge bump in the road, but that's what it is, a bump in the road. Yep. The true entrepreneur, you know, you fall down, dust yourself up, you know, you get up, you have a few bruises here and there, yep. but you keep on going and you make it happen. And I just want you to know that we at the New Jersey Small Business Development Centers, and that's the network, and especially us at the NJSBDC at Brookdale Community College, we are here to help. So know that, reach out to us. As I mentioned, there's 12 centers throughout the state of New Jersey, covering all 21 counties. We're here to assist you in any way we can, whether it's through our own um, resources or through partnerships that we have. You know, we're here to connect you and make sure that you receive whatever assistance required to get you through this whole um, I, COVID, and again, mm -hmm. I don't want to call it a disaster, but it is yeah. because bump in the road. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you, Brian. <laughs> a little bump in the road. Huge. You go little. It's a huge bump <laughs> in the road. Uh, it, it is. It is a big bump. It's, it's a huge bump in the road. It's nothing we've ever. Well, mm -hmm. I could say for myself, I've never lived through anything like this before. Mm -hmm. But we're here to help, and if that's the one thing I want you to remember is that the NJSBDC is here to help and reach out to your local SBDC, whether it's here in New Jersey or nationally, we are part of a national organization. So you could find a small business development center uh, in your state. And that's in case you're listening to us and we're on Facebook and you happen to hit on our podcast somewhere along the line, because our podcast, I do believe it's on the shared universe. You could find us on iTunes. You could find us on Spotify, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that's where Ming puts us up and mad kudos to Ming and <laughs> Universe for making this happen because yep. if you've listened to any of our past podcasts you know that nope I love technology but nope I do not want to get that involved in it all mm. I want to know is plug and play and I'm ready to go because you did but, a good self-assessment right <laughs> yes I did yeah <laughs> I know where I'm drawing the line you know yep. years ago I would have dived into the technology yep. part of it but that's not where I am yep. right now and as Ryan said do a good self-assessment yep. be honest with yourself yeah say, okay, yes, this is where I'm good. This is where uh, not so good anymore. This is where I need help. Exactly. And it's okay to ask for help. So please, we're here to help you. So with that, I would love for everyone to please be well, stay safe. Uh, listen to, you know, those that are in those leadership positions, they're making decisions 
for our health and for our welfare. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm one that I would love to go back to work, but my health and the health of my family and my community exactly. comes first. Exactly. So not until all this is on the wraps and they tell me that I could safely return to work mm -hmm. uh, and that you know my team members and my work family is not gonna be affected, I'll do what I have to do. And I hope some of you share the same sentiments. So yeah. with that, Ryan, as always, it's been a pleasure seeing you again, even though I talk to you almost every day. <laughs> thanks <laughs> for the invitation. Thank you for coming on to our show. You were mm -hmm. wonderful. And thank you again for sharing such great information, both about yourself and mm -hmm. how to help small businesses move forward, especially mm -hmm. during these trying times. Is there anything you would like to share? Ryan, as we go off the air, or are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the things that we never mentioned, uh, I think the importance of this is that the, behind every business is, is a person, it's a human being. And on, until we're uh, giving some time and some love to that human being behind the business, the business cannot thrive. You know, so this is an opportunity for us to do some groundwork, you know, for ourselves first, then we can better tackle on whatever problem that we're doing. So whether that means, you know, uh, knitting for you, writing a book for you, doing some push-ups in the morning, but find something that adds a therapeutic element to you as a human being first, that way you can then tackle on whatever problem a little bit easier. Well said, Ryan, yeah. because you're right. I think yeah. we tend to forget about us, yeah, the person, yeah. and Ryan, yeah. that's a wonderful way to end our podcast. Yeah. Remember, do take care of yourself. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, who will it's a job. exactly so with that thank you for listening to our podcast talk mm -hmm. of success uh we will be coming back uh in may we do have a guest already if not sooner depending on what's going on mm -hmm. with um social distancing but mm -hmm. you may be back on the same platform once again uh to the shared universe podcasting uh well not in their studio but cast podcasting uh company <laughs> Thank you so much, Ming, for always being so accommodating. And once again, Ryan, thank you for being our guest. All right, thank you for having me. All right, guys. Okay, see ya. <laughs>